and welcome back to the Black Girl Podcast. My name is Anjanae Slaughter, and I'm sitting here with the lovely Carol Mitchell. How are you Hello. doing? Hello. <laughs> it's just been such a wild week. It's been a wild week. And for those who are tuning in maybe for the first time, I just really quickly want to remind everyone that's watching, we call this the Black Girl Podcast for a reason. That reason is so that the community can sit in a position of power as if we were the judges and the jury. Right, so our voices really hurt. They hold that weight here on this podcast. So today we're talking about some some tough topics. Once again, it's it's gonna be a tough, tough podcast. Some people might not like to hear what we have to say, honestly, because it you know it's it's personal, it's personal. But but that's what we're here to do, Carol. So how have you been feeling this week? Oh my goodness. Uh- you know, one of the things that we are doing this week is um, meeting with our advisory committee in a few days to scope our next year because there's so much to do. Yep. And there's so much content when it comes down to justice for Black folk. There's no shortage of no content. Shortage. Right. I, I just wish our own city was not making the national news yeah. with its drive-through policing. Seriously. Did you guys see the video? Did you guys see the video of the police officer on what? January 23rd, this the start the Monday of this week, drive through a crowd of young people, people of color. They look like they were black uh, or had some color. But my thing is, this police officer was not at threat. These these people that uh, he drove through, as we want to say, they weren't they weren't armed and uh, you know pointing any weapons. He's in the motor vehicle. You are you telling me you cannot de-escalate the situation from inside of your motor vehicle where you have a wealth of resources like a walkie or a whatever you use to badge your your department? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you could have done. You know, not to say that black people like the police because I don't, right? Honestly, because it's, it, I mean, it's a, it's an overgrown distress, but I would prefer you to do your job and de-escalate, call for backup, mm-hmm. then to run us over in the streets. This is a modern day uh, being hosed down by the police in the 60s. Look out now. Come Bull, on now. Bull Connor and his dogs, girl. That's, that's what Bull Alabama and his dogs. Exactly. And then, of course, the underlying question, we are all thinking, oh, well, if that was a sea of preppy white kids, would he have ran them over? That I think that's something. It's a valid question. So all of this, I guess all of this went down on Saturday the 23rd. We started to see some of the videos coming out Sunday night and Monday the 25th and um apparently it all started with a street racing event which is illegal but here's what I want to know Anjanae if you got 42,000 cars gathering at 9th and Pacific Avenue aren't you going to notice that Mm -hmm. and start to wonder hmm all these cars are showing up in this part of town, could there be a street racing event about to happen? Maybe we need to put some barriers in the street to prevent them 
from doing their whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, reckless driving mm -hmm. in these city streets. Yeah. Because it's not as if you would you didn't know that all of these folks were starting to gather. There were crowds of people and they all they looked pretty diverse to me, but it just so happens that one of the people who got ran over was a brother. And I say it like that. I say it like I'm sorry, that. I don't mean to laugh, but because the the crowd did not look like it was a Black Lives Matters crowd to me. It looked like a a very diverse, mostly white crowd. Well, I, I think that was gathering around the car. That was on the car. <laughs> yeah, the videos that you saw on Twitter and on Facebook, the hands I saw on the car didn't look like right. mine. You know, they weren't brown skinned hands. Okay, so well, it, excuse me. No. I was surprised when I saw the brother, you know, who actually got hurt. His name is Tavon Williams. By the way, he has a cash app and a Venmo because he did have some medical bills. Yes. I mean, when you get hit by a car, there oh, may be physical injuries, but psychological the one that actually the car's wheels rotated over a body was that him i don't know no it was i don't think it was him but he got this, hit and knocked down and i think graphic he, i mean he the, the the back and the front wheels went over this person oh yeah that person got run over but they're both out of the hospital miraculously no one was killed right so yeah thank god the that sad police part, officer did not care the sad part to me, mm -hmm. they just, the city of Tacoma just implemented the body cams. Why didn't this person have a body camera? The, the, the officer driving the SUV did not have a body camera, the camera. They're phasing in, you know, different groups of officers are getting or having to mean? turn them on at different times. They didn't all... That's what they're doing. Why do you need to phase this process? Why can't we have an all staff meeting? Okay. This is how you operate the body cam. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. We'll have one for every shift. I mean, come on now. Do we got to go back to, you know, basic? Go back. Yeah, we got to go back to the, the training center and learn how wow. to use the body cam. We should have the target managers come over and teach the police department how to run an all-staff meeting that's what we should have because that is ridiculous <laughs> that is crazy. and you know you made a point earlier uh the street racing is illegal right and yeah. we know that this is going to be a counter narrative that of course oh it already is the county are, the city council is already focusing on that narrative and right. trying to put together joint a joint statement against street racing they did that at their special meeting last mm -hmm. night. It's it's like, wait a minute. And kudos to council member Blocker who said in his very quiet way, uh, I'm very upset that we have spent 45 minutes talking about street racing. <laughs> this is not about street racing. This is about drive-through policing, folks. Yes. Right. You drove your car through a crowd of people and it wasn't just 10 miles an hour creeping forward gently. No. You could hear the engine revving up, which means he accelerated through this group of people. Now, 
the law and order folks say you got what you paid for. You had no business down there. It was illegal for you to be there. And so if you got run over, it ain't our problem. Don't blame the police for doing their job because you had no business down there. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it. The police? What? First of all, isn't your isn't your purpose to de-escalate violence and crime? And why are you over here running people over? That sounds like somebody that should get arrested for. I mean, what? I mean, what is the charge? If that person would have vehicular assault. Vehicular assault. And he's fortunate nobody died. Because um, that would have been vehicular manslaughter, right? But he feared for his life. So here's what I want to know. You are inside basically an armored car. Because you know right. those SUVs they have are decked out. No. Right? Yeah, they have to be. You got two, three guns in your pocket. The people who are your threat have their hands Nobody had a gun that I saw in any video. Nobody had a bat. Nobody had a brick. Nobody broke the windows out of the car. Where does the fear exactly. for your life come from that justifies deadly force? It was unreasonable. Why couldn't you have called for backup? Why couldn't you have? He did after he revved through and did his drive-through policing. He did go down the street and call. But I want to know, why did you send one guy in there like that? If you've got 1,800 cars or however many yeah. it is, yeah. why would you send, how does an officer end up in a situation where he's completely surrounded, he feels threatened? Let's, let's just say he really did feel threatened. We'll give him that. How'd you end up in that situation? Is don't you learn at the academy? Don't get yourself into that situation. This is almost a 30 year veteran. This is not a new police officer. Yeah, yeah. He's experienced. So the Why protocols, the standard operating procedures for how you disperse a crowd and how you position yourself in your vehicle in a crowd, surely they don't tell you drive your car through the crowd and run people over. No, you know, Carol, this is why we so desperately need community policing. We need, mm -hmm. we need a trusted uh, force within our community that will de-escalate situations, that will talk through and say, hey, this is actually becoming a hazard. Because the police office, the police department they know of these street races they've been half they've been going on i mean For regularly right so you know don't don't act all naive and and pretend like you didn't know that this was going that this was happening right you want to turn the narrative around and say oh you shouldn't have been down there no and let's let's be honest if we had someone that the community that could step out of his car and not feel threatened because he's actually connected with his community mm-hmm actually de-escalate because hey we got traffic you guys you know maybe we can work out something else another place for you guys to do this right um but this isn't gonna work out right here actually reason with people you know you're never gonna get more with <laughs> with violence with uh running people over now you have yeah. this whole and know? nobody cam nobody cam to capture what he saw i mean and and out of out of 
fairness, what he saw and how he felt, who knows, you know, whether that was legitimate or not, or whether it was reasonable. But if you had had a body camera on that was picking up what you saw and what you were hearing, then maybe people could kind of understand, exactly. okay, he had a and valid is, point. Exactly. And this is how you can see body cams protect the officer they and do. The, the people. Yes, so why, are we, why are we phasing in body cams when they can add protection to us? If you were really at fear, like you say, well, then it would be shown on the camera. Maybe they're, I don't know, some an angle that we did miss. Right. But, you know, but listen, even wait, if you didn't wait. have body cams, Mm -hmm. Some of those businesses, I mean, they were on Ninth and Pacific. It's full yeah. of little small businesses. Mm -hmm. They probably had cameras. Get that footage. Send that to the PC fit, mm -hmm. you know, because Tacoma yeah. turned the investigation over to the Pierce County Force Investigation Team. They call it PC fit. And Puyallup is in the lead, one of the the lead investigator is from Puyallup. And we and know how uh, diverse Puyallup is, <laughs> so. Well, right. they're they're treating it as a deadly force incident because guess what? Somebody, you know, in the comments, I love reading the comments. It's from my old PR days and yeah. read the comments because those are funnier than the actual content of the articles. Somebody in the in the comments said, well, why are you treating it as deadly force? Uh, you're driving like a 3,000 pound machine. Yeah, died. <laughs> are you kidding so, me? You don't yeah. know why a car is deadly force? You drive it's in a car. Of deadly force. Car, <laughs> human body. Like car, human body. Which one of those do you think is going to win? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the activists are calling for a completely independent investigation because listen, here's how it really works. PC fit is made up of all of the different jurisdictions in Pierce County, criminal investigators, forensic investigators, detect, you know, folks who know policing, who are police officers, who know what to look for, how to document things. But they're all on the SWAT teams together. They're on the task forces together. Some of them are married to each other. They just work in different departments, you know? Yeah. So you st it's still, in it's almost incestuous trying to get an independent investigation is almost impossible because somebody in Puyallup has a friend in Tacoma and another one in Lakewood and another one in Pierce County. It's very difficult to get a clean, completely independent investigation. And the people who are from the community, they don't really get to even see anything until the investigation's done. So what, what's the point? The, count, the city council had a special meeting <laughs> on the 25th on Monday, they had a special meeting, which was nice of them. They had a very nice PowerPoint. <laughs> but what really irritated most of the people who commented, and I felt this way too, two things really irritated me personally. One, 
when our city manager said, I stand united with the chief. First of all, you don't even know what the facts have to say about what happened. How are you gonna stand united when you don't even have the facts yet? That tells me that your mindset is already aligned on the policing side of the house. And that makes sense because you were a city attorney before you were city manager. Basically, you're the city prosecutor. I get it. You are aligned pretty closely with police. And you just put your boy in as interim and you don't want him to fail because if he fails, you fail. Because he was your choice. Stand united. Never mind the human aspects of all of this for the people who were run over, sent to the hospital, saw that happen. People standing there watching somebody run over. People don't care unless it directly impacts them. If it were to be your relative or someone that was near and dear to your heart that was ran over, I bet you wouldn't be unified with the chief then. You'd be wanting some justice then. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I mean, it's so disappointing. We try so hard to fight for independent investigations because even that was a, a fight. And then All I'm asking is, don't align yourself. We stand united. Don't come out strong like that. And then tell me that you're trying to heal and transform. Healing and transformation suggests that you're more concerned about the people side of policing. And, and but I, we talked about this, right? It's all about risk management and preventing claims You never want to come out there and say anything that's going to cause you to pay money. I get it. Well, look, she's already maybe did that. Okay. You can't, you come out too strong. You don't have enough. I mean, it's just, you're not sincere. Are you for the people? Doesn't she need to be reelected into her position too? Well, she is appointed by the mayor. And so if the mayor thinks that she's doing a good job, she'll continue to be in that role. But I'm just saying, check yourself before you you wreck yourself. (laughs) Check yourself. Don't come out with a statement like that, all strong, and we don't even have the facts yet. Second thing that really irritated people, me too, is you spent 45 to 50 minutes of an hour and a half meeting talking about street racing. And look, we have a car theft problem in this whole county. We have a street racing problem. We have a methamphetamine problem. Yes, we have major issues. We have a fentanyl problem. Don't sit here telling me that that was the reason why you met yesterday. That's not why you met. You met because your officer did a drive-through policing maneuver. Because if that had not happened, this would have never made the national news. Nobody would have cared about the street racing if you hadn't rolled over a couple people in the street. So let's focus the conversation around that piece. One of the big issues they brought out is they can't get any information. Once it's handed over to the FIT team, the Pierce County FIT team, force investigative team, 
a seal of confidentiality goes around it. Huh, sort of. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you know there's ways of knowing what's going on. Yeah. So so it's it's sealed to who? To everybody until it's finished the so the county the city council was irritated because interim chief Aki couldn't really give them details because he's not in control of that investigation back in the day pre i940 police departments their internal affairs they would do their own internal investigations of their own officers well you see the problem with that yeah, yeah. and so now it goes to this independent investigative team and remember what i said about how incestuous that crowd is not to mention the fact that i had a a certain former sheriff tell me that having people from quote bonnie lake or sumner trying to investigate some case that had come out of tacoma or pierce county was like asking a fourth grader to take a college exam. That's what he told me, girl. Wow. <laughs> he had no, he, he basically said, Pierce yeah. County fit is not fit to do the investigations because most of them never even see a murder, right? Because they're in these little small towns, right? Well, I mean, based on the acts of this 30 year, 30 year employee of the department, Neither do we, okay? I mean, you know, I just wonder, <laughs> I just wonder if there's any retraining. You know, after these new laws go out and we're, we're doing, so, we're fighting so hard to get legislation passed, right? To, to ban chokeholds and no-knock warrants and stuff. Are they gonna go and retrain or are these 30 year, these senior veteran uh, police officers? Because as we know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Okay, are they they are there is a law that this is specific to crisis intervention, crisis intervention and de escalation. But you only have to have eight hours worth of training. Now think about it, you've been doing something a certain way for 30 years. Yeah, this particular officer almost 30 years, you've I been know. programmed, you're in the habit, you're it's all reinforced. And then all of a sudden, the law changes and you get sent to a class that says, now you're gonna sit in this classroom for eight hours. And when you come out, you better change everything you've been doing for 30 years. Hey, no, you know, that's not gonna happen. We're not even paying attention to eight hours. It's a, you know, I think some people may want to make those changes and do see the benefit. I have friends and former coworkers in the sheriff's department they do some of them do get it they they do see the need for reform and transformation but it still takes time for them to change the way they do things and frankly some of them need to just go ahead on and retire because they can't make the shift yeah, I was gonna say, you can't undo they can't do it years. i mean yeah well i'm and i'm i know that this episode for the viewers like i know i've been kind of hard I've been kind of hard and I gave you some feedback. <laughs> I gave him the warning, but I just want to throw this out there that, you know, it's, it, this is all just a byproduct of the countless incidents that 
we have had to face in our community. You know, I've had close loved ones, you know, I've witnessed and, and even experienced injustice within our criminal justice system and within our police department. It, it, it's, I wasn't born thinking this way. In fact, as a kid, you actually like it when the police officers come by with the little badges. Shout out to Officer Cookie in Seattle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone loves Officer Cookie. And I even remember in elementary and maybe a little bit of middle school where the, the police officers would come to our schools. They would build relationships with us. And, you know, it, <clears throat> I didn't feel this way then, right? So so I just kind of just want to throw that out there. I And I still... We need our law enforcement. I do not want to live in a place that there is no law enforcement. I am a homeowner. Right. I am a black woman. <laughs> I am, you know, uh, just, I mean, anybody is at risk without any sort of law and order. So I, we, it is essential that we have a police department. We just need one that protects all. We need one that de-escalates situations. We need one that actually engages and connects with the community so that you don't feel at fear. You know, the, the, I just, it brings me back to the insurrection with the Capitol Hill security. That one man, mm-hmm. he could argue that he was in fear of his life. And he could have just ran and just, you know, uh, what is it, fight or flight, you know? He could have right. just fight, you know? And he, cause he was in fear. I don't know if he had 30 years of experience or whatever, but he still managed to do his job. Mm-hmm. Now you're in a you're in an armored vehicle basically, and you're around unarmed people, and you're a police officer. No, I I mean people might have been packing, but you didn't see a gun. All you saw were hands slapping the hood of the car and surrounding the car. Yeah. Now maybe he thought they were gonna somehow flip the car over. Flip the car, pull the door open, pull him out. You know, I'm going to give him credit and just give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was afraid. So for me, you should have had a body camera. Number two, you shouldn't have went in there by yourself. And number three, driving over another human being is not reasonable behavior unless you yourself are in fear of death, not just afraid. I'm afraid for my life, but deadly force is being used. Somebody's shooting at you. You know, they got a brick coming through the front window. I, I would, I would probably be in a very different place, but listen, drifting maneuvers. I want to, I want to, I want to give a little bit of airtime to the people who say it was dangerous for them to folks to be down there in the first place. It was very disruptive to that neighborhood, the people who live there, the businesses. We had some folks who came from outside of Tacoma, you know, and did their thing. They broke windows, did some damage. Of course, <laughs> our new sheriff tried to tried to make up a big story about how much damage was done but the planning, the facilities person had already said it was only about $50,000 worth of damage. Then our new sheriff tried to come and say, oh, it's all this damage because he's trying to get money. They broke the windows out near the sheriff's department in the building I used to work in. 
They broke the windows out in the 911 dispatch center. The SWAT team was down there during the demonstrations the next night, right? So you had the event, the 23rd, folks got run over. Then the 24th, there was a protest, a lot of outside folks, some property damage that happened. And guess what? They arrested a peaceful protester, our own Jamika Scott. And she was sitting on the ground recording the whole thing. And before you know it, 15 or so, a large crowd at least of police officers were escorting her to the Pierce County Jail for peacefully protesting. Because she's a sister girl. No, it's all a numbers thing. Cause I, it, I bet that officer was so scared because he was one against 20, right? But then you turn that around and then you use 20 against one. And guess what? They had body cameras for her. Oh, I bet. Funny, that group had a body camera on. So you could see how they were handling her arrest. Where was the body camera when your officer drove through a crowd of people. Why'd you have body cameras for Jamaica yeah. Scott, but no body cameras for your officer? Well, they knew that this was the following night that maybe some things were going to be going down. So, you know, of course, but it's all. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's we think, so you know, the, the Twitter feed says that maybe she was targeted because, you know, she's an activist and has been very outspoken about the Manny Ellis case and critical of use of force and rightfully so. And there's some suggestion that they targeted her and another uh, activist, his name is Haiku. And um, girl, they had me go into Twitch and yeah, he's got this thing called Haiku. Haiku Poetics, and I went to Twitch and, of course, Twitter, and I was, you, you would have been proud of me. I am proud, proud of you. <laughs> I am proud of you, yes. I didn't even know those things existed until this weekend. Thanks to the drive through policing, I now know what Twitch is. <laughs> I don't even know what Twitch is. What is, what is it? Twitch TV. Oh. Apparently, it's some sort of a streaming service. Okay. Yeah, go on up there and check it out because you may want to put a video up there at some point. Right, exactly. I might. Well, guys, we're going to have to wrap up this very serious conversation. I hope that, you know, we see some progress. I mean, I always want to end on an optimistic note, right? Because we can't continue to live like this. I mean, first, I have faith in God. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. I have faith in God. And when you have faith in God, that's why we continue to come out on these platforms and speak our truths, you know, because we know he's gonna turn it around. We're keep we're doing our we're doing what we gotta do. Carol, there's we're applying pressure. This is this this is building and continuing that momentum. And uh the police, you guys don't understand that the police officers, you guys are feeding our movement. Mm -hmm. You That's guys, are literally, you guys no hate the Black Lives Matter movement, 
or you know you you hate the police accountability movement you are giving us content stuff mm-hmm. to talk about so keep it up no don't keep it up but as long as you do we will be reporting right here on the black robe yeah we're gonna give the black perspective on it and i'll give some shout out as we close to the community police advice advisory commission they had their meeting following the special meeting where where half the meeting was talking about street racing until uh, council member blocker <laughs> called them out on it um but that group was very emotional, very passionate about the body cameras, the fact that those have been so slow in being implemented. We need to get that done. Everybody's body camera should be on. Forget the phasing. Just tell them all, get get your body camera on, like it or not. Get the public information piece done. Uh, Tanisha Jumper, their communications and media director, laid it out how you can request the video from the body cams it's on it's on a body cam website that they have for the city get busy with the healing and transformation work i've heard really very little since they formed the committee there's not i haven't heard very much about what progress they're making but these kinds of incidents are going to set you back as some of the twitter feed said how do you expect us to engage in transformation when you're running over us with your vehicles? Mm-hmm. It's like you got to transform inside first. And I think maybe that's the point. You got work to do on yeah. the culture of your internal staff. Then maybe you can expect the community to believe you and trust you when you say trust. you need to heal yeah. and transform the whole community. But I want you to stay focused. We have a big event coming up. Oh, June, yes. yes. June 28, 29, 30. And pretty soon there's going to start seeing some ads about that on social media. We want 30 brilliant, young, so, social justice minded young people to join us for three days. And we're going to pay them right, a stipend for those three days to come help us solve social justice challenges just like this one. Absolutely. And you do not have to be enrolled in college. You just have to be between 18 and 35. Um, I don't care if you're more of a creative and you love fashion and design. We still want you there. If you are, you know, into politics and into the social justice, we still want you there. We want engineered. Basically, the point is this impacts all of us. Right. We all need to come together uh, and put our minds together and come up with some prototypes and some designs, some solutions, right? Definitely. And let's try implementing some things because honestly, what's been done by us old folks ain't working. Right. That's why we want the 18 to 35 year olds to come put their brilliance and their innovative thinking, their TikTok (laughs) and their Twitch and their Snapchat thinking. We want that kind of creativity to take a look at some of these issues like police accountability and use of force and tell us what you think really needs to be done. Let's capture that in a very creative way and see if you all can come up with a better solution 
than the folks over 50 seem to be able to come up with. We're, they haven't figured it out. They're running things. We are running things, but we're running it into the ground. Yeah. Wow. That reminds I'm going to help us out. <laughs> we we got your back. Okay. We're going to help you guys out. You know, that, that, uh, yeah. On that note, you guys stay tuned for all the promo uh, and more to come for our Leadership Freedom Symposium this June 28th, 9th, and 30th. Mm -hmm. All right, Carol, any last words? Just keep the faith. Stay out of drive-through policing situations. <laughs> That's not one individual. The police need to stop driving us, running us over. Amen. Right? And but we will post Tavon Williams' Venmo and Cash App information on our page. All right? Because we want to help make sure he gets well. Yes. All right, and my dear guys next episode which will be our first of february black Yay, history black history oh month yes <laughs> all, right, all right see you later okay bye